Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Turn with me to John chapter, 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. I got something today that I feel like is practical. Um, I think that as we mature in our faith, it's important for us to recognize that we can no longer go on what was appropriate for yesterday. What what God is calling us to tomorrow, we can't live off of yesterday's food tomorrow, amen? We have to live off what God, that's why Paul says, don't be drinking baby milk anymore, it's time to move on to me. You get it, it's time to move on to more mature food. Can you imagine if you went to Chili's with your friend or something, the waiter came up like, what would you like? You're like, well, I'll have the Caesar, uh, I'll do chicken, um, I'm going to go with the Diet Coke, uh, I'm just going to go with that today, it's good, and how about you, sir, the guy, just like nothing, and all of a sudden he just pulls like a baby bottle and just starts going to town on, on drinking milk, like right in front, can you imagine how creepy that would be, never go to lunch with him again, number one, number two, this guy needs to grow up, he needs to get on some real grown-up food, that's what, G- that's what the Bible's telling us, is that we can't live off of what was appropriate for yesterday, we've got to grow up. So I want to give you a tool today, something that helps us in our maturity, in our walk with Christ, uh, to be able to have the appropriate tools uh, to win at the next level. Who wants to go to the next level of what God has called you to? I want to be at the next level. So here's what it says. 1 John 4, 1 through 3. Dear friends, so he's speaking to believers. It's not a message for people that don't believe. So friends means people who already believe. Raise your hand if you believe already. All right, so this is for you today. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Dear friends, read this next part with me. Do not believe every spirit, but do what? But test the spirits to see whether they are from God. It's really important to listen to these words today. Every spirit that we come in contact with is either from God or it is not from God. We're supposed to test them. And here's the confusing part. A lot of times we hear the right words but they have the wrong spirit. So today the name of my message is called Right Words, Wrong Spirit. Everybody say that with me. Right words, wrong spirit. Look at someone next to you say, you got the right words. Say, I hope you got the right spirit too because I sat next to the wrong person. If I, All right, so this is what we're going to talk about today. Right words, wrong spirit. Father, thank you for your presence here today. Lord, in that moment of worship, as we just got caught up, Surely love and mercy, peace and kindness will follow me. Thank you so much for your faithfulness and your love toward us. You never give up on us. I love the fact that your love not only follows us, but it goes before us. You prepare a way for us. Lord, I thank you today that there's hope in any situation. And uh, Father, we let our faith be built up today and encouraged so we can walk out of here different than we came in. Bless the teaching of the word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen.
All right, so today to illustrate this idea of right words, wrong spirit, there's a lot of people out there that seem to have it figured out and they kind of look on the outside and appear when they talk to us like they have the right motives. But this whole idea from 1 John chapter 4 should give us pause when we meet people to not just be convinced by whether they're slick or whether they're saying all the right things and checking all the boxes, but there's something underneath that as Christians, we have to be able to discern. So to illustrate this point, I want to tell you a story out of Acts chapter 16. And it's the story of Paul and Silas that are going up to pray. And they're going to the temple to pray. And as they're on the way to go do something good, something bad happens to them. Does anyone else ever feel like that happens to you? The moment that you make a decision, you're going to do something right. You're like, I got a flat tire when I was going to church. Now I'm never going to church again. Like You start thinking that like the, the, the reason that the bad thing happened is you were trying to do something good. Same thing here. It says in verse 16 of chapter 16, it says, Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. Think about that for a second. A spirit by which she predicted the future, and she earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second so no one gets lost or freaked out by the, the story. What does that mean? She had a spirit by which she predicted the future. Well, first, let's break down the word that is used here in the New Testament. The Greek word spirit is the word pneuma. And that word could be a little confusing if you just look at the different times it's used because it's used in different contexts almost every time it's used. Sometimes that word pneuma is the word that is used with Holy Spirit. And it means the Spirit of God, the actual person of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're all co-equal together. All of them are God. Three in one, one in three. There is unity, uh, there is community, diversity, unity in the person of the Trinity. All three of those people, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're all one. So that word spirit sometimes refers to God. The word pneuma also can refer to a human spirit. Like our soul, our mind, what animates us as living creatures. It's the thing inside of us that gives us life, our consciousness. So sometimes when the word spirit it uses, it just means our, our consciousness. Sometimes it means an attitude. So there's like four different uses of this word. Sometimes it means an attitude, just a vibe. You ever get a vibe when you meet somebody? Like, like you just kind of feel something. Like I was next to a lady on a plane one time and we're just kind of talking and going back and forth. Finally, she goes, what do you do for a living? She's like, you're so interesting. Uh, I said, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, a minister, I'm a preacher. She goes, I knew it, I knew it. I am a minister too. She goes, isn't it special when our energy begins to flow out of our heart and it melds with someone else's energy and all of a sudden the energy becomes light beams that shoots out and all of a sudden whoever that touches, it forms one gigantic sun of light that goes, I'm going, lady, you're weird. <laughs> like, like, I'm feeling like the, like, I'm like, I don't know what religion you are or something like that, but I'm scared right now. Like, it's freaking me out. Like, you got a weird spirit, okay? Sometimes people's spirit is just wacky. It's like, it's wild. It's like, so sometimes it's the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it is our consciousness. Sometimes it's our attitude. Some people have aggressive spirit, mean spirit, negative spirit, things like that. But sometimes it actually refers, that word, if you look up the definition, pneuma, it's a lower level deity. So what that means is it's actually an evil spirit. It's not part of our consciousness. It's a spirit that is influencing us from the outside. Now, there's also a word in the, 
uh, New Testament that is the word we, where we get demon from, which literally is exclusively, it's not like a poor behaving child or something. It's exclusively a word that is for an evil demonic spirit that pos- actually possesses people and takes control of people when they do not have the authority of Jesus in their life and they can be dominated by and controlled by those spirits. So, and, and, and just really quick, I know this is not theology class, but I want to just explain some stuff so you can understand how this works. If you ask yourself, how could she predict the future if she had a spirit, a bad spirit? Does the devil know the future? Do demons know the future? No, they do not. Some of it is deceit. Some of it is sort of tricking people into believing things are going to happen and they see what they want to see. Some, some stuff is sleight of hand. But some stuff here is actually evil spirits that are in communication with other evil spirits that are controlling other people's lives and saying to each other in the spirit realm, well, what's going to happen over here tomorrow with your dude that you control? Well, I'm going to let him do this. He never resists me. He has no authority in his life. So you can tell her that he's going to do this tomorrow. Because he, Are you following me? So that is one way that this girl is controlled and is able to make money for the people that own her by telling fortunes. So now let's get to the story. She followed Paul. And the rest of us shouting. Listen what she shouts. A woman that has an evil spirit. Listen what she shouts. These men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. That's actually true. That's all she shouts. She follows them around shouting that for days. For days. She's got a bad spirit, an evil spirit, a demonic spirit. And look at what she's saying. She shouted around saying, these men, they are servants of the Most High God. They are telling people the way to be saved. She's following them around for days, but she's, she's got the right words, but why did Paul get upset? She's got the wrong spirit. She's got the right words. Help me out, church. She's got the right words, but she's got the what? She's got the wrong spirit. So for days, it says she kept this up for many days, and finally Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. This is what's interesting to me. It's like, I, I get where he's coming from. I meet people sometimes. Like I'll see people that I went to high school with like 30 years ago. And I'll, they'll be like, oh, Jeff, there you are. Pastor Jeff. You ever heard someone do that before? It's like, theoretically, they're not saying anything wrong. It's like, what? so what do you think, Pastor Jeff? And you want to go, stop calling me Pastor Jeff. Even though I'm like, well, I kind of am Pastor Jeff, but stop. You know, you, you feel that it's, it's almost like a mocking, you know what I'm saying? It's a, the spirit is mocking, and that's what's happening. Is she's following them around saying exactly what is true. These men are servants of the Most High God. They're telling you the way to be saved. And the first Paul's like, hey, thank you. I appreciate the acknowledgement. Who is that? She's following us. And it happens for days and days and days. And finally, Paul gets so annoyed and fed up with the devil, so annoyed and fed up with the spirit that wants to mock him and is following him around. Is there anyone here that thinks you might be getting a little annoyed with the enemy that's been following you around and mocking you and making fun of your destiny and making fun of your purpose? Because I tell you, if you don't get annoyed and you don't get tired of the enemy following you around, you might just let him follow you around for the rest of your life. See, because it says Paul got annoyed. I can relate with Paul. I had something similar that happened to me when I was in high school. 
I had these guys that were uh, in my class and they were a little bit older than me. And they called me preacher all the time because my dad was a preacher. And they just would say all kinds of stuff. Say, hey, preacher, I dare you to cuss. And I'd go, no. And they'd go, well, you're afraid. Look at everybody, the preacher's afraid to cuss. And I'd go, I'm not afraid to cuss. I just don't want to cuss. And they'd be like, oh, the little preacher don't cuss. It's just, just so annoying. It's like a movie or something. And, and it just over and over. And since so they did it, I put up with it all the time. Preacher this, preacher that. And, and, and so one day I'm walking out to my car, my car in the parking lot my senior year. And all of these guys are around a, a broken down truck. One of their trucks is broken down and the hood of it is up. And they're all standing around. I'm just minding my own business walking my car out here. Hey, preacher. And I, I look over. He goes, come over here. I'm like, oh, God, what, what are we doing? So I walk over to the truck, and all his buddies are standing there. He goes, he goes our truck is broke down. Lay hands on it. <laughs> I have no idea what came over me, but I got so mad. I don't know why anger is what came over me, but I just got angry he was making fun of me. He was making fun of my dad. He was making fun of the call. Oh, man. He was making fun of the call of God that was on my life. And at that moment, I just remember, I'd look at the dude. I'd go, are you serious? And he goes, yeah. And I said, all right, fine. I was like, I'm going all in right here. I don't know what's about to happen, but I know I'm just going to go for it. I laid my hands on this truck. He had all his buddies around. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for this tro oh, broke down truck, this old thing. I said, no matter what's wrong with this engine, in the name of Jesus, let the power of the Holy Spirit move through this thing. You fix whatever is broken, and I pray that you use it as a sign in Jesus' name to this guy that keeps calling me preacher, that you are God in heaven, and you can do whatever you want to do. And I opened my eyes and all of them had their hats like this. And I said, in Jesus name, amen. And I looked up and I thought, oh God, what's about to happen? And so I looked at the dude. I said, now start that truck. And I, looked, I pointed at the guy and he, he, he walked in there and, and put, it, put the key in. First try, it starts up. I was like, in my, in my heart, I was like, holy cow. But I said, see, there you go. And I turned around and walked off. And I'm telling you, God is my witness. I preached that I told that story about 10 years later at a youth camp in Tennessee. I was preaching at this huge state convention youth camp. I was the guest speaker. There was a drama team that was there that was very well known at the time all over the country for going to churches. They heard me preach that story. And that night after it was all over with, late at night, they all wanted to go to Waffle House. By the way, no one ever plans to go to Waffle House. You always end up at Waffle House. Just, this, is, this is proof of that. You, you, no one in advance is next week. You just, there's nothing open, and, and you go, and it's amazing. But anyways, so we're all going to Waffle House. We go to get in the van, and we're sitting there. This whole, there's like 10 people in there, and all of a sudden, the guy, right after I've told this story, he goes to start the van. And the van, it does not make a sound. It, it is completely dead. It does not turn over one time. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh, well, you know, whatever. This poor dude needs to go find some jumper cables. Yeah. And so all of a sudden from the back seat, one of the guys goes, hey, preacher. <laughs> Lay hands on the van. And I said, 
are you serious? And he goes, I guess so. So I went out there. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I lay hands on this van. I pray right now you let it start. Show that dude in the back seat that was making fun of me because the other guy made fun of me. You show him that you've got power. You can make anything happen you want to. In Jesus' name, I pointed to you. I said, now you start that van. And started up a second time. Now, listen, don't come calling me if your van breaks down. You call AAA. You call AAA. But the point I'm trying to make is there are times in your life Well, you got to get annoyed at the devil. Can I get an amen from somebody that's here that's watching online today? You got to get annoyed at the devil and you got to do what Paul did. Right words, wrong spirit. You got people in your life that are slick enough to appear that they belong, but down on the inside, they got wrong motivations. Look at someone next to you, say, get discernment. What is discernment? It's the ability, it's the God ability to be able to be in a situation and to know what to do, to be able to discern spirits that are around you, the motivations of people that are around you. It's not enough just to listen to what people are saying. We need God motivation. So he cast this spirit out, which is good for the girl, but it's bad for the people that are using her to make money because they get ticked off. It says, when the owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace to to face the authorities. They brought them before magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown in prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Isn't this interesting that the moment Paul decides to put his foot down and no longer allow the enemy to taunt him and follow him around, rather than his life getting better, it gets worse. And I got news for you today. You got things that have been following you around so long that they feel like they have a right to your life. It's time to kick them out. The crazy thing is when you kick them out, you can't expect your life to improve immediately. Look at someone next to you say, it might get worse. It actually might get worse. Before it gets better. Because what happens to Paul? He gets arrested. They strip them. They beat them with sticks. That sounds terrible. Then they throw them in jail. They're they're locked up. They got stocks on their feet. They have someone that's supposed to guard them. And it says, what what I love about this is they start to worship in jail. This is a, a wonderful story. I'm not really preaching on the worship aspect of it as much as I am what started all this today, I could. It's, it's, it's so amazing. It's an incredible thing about worship. But what I love is that they start praying and singing hymns to God in jail, which teaches us when you get the wrong spirit out of your life, if things go badly in your life, make sure that you keep the right spirit. You have to keep the right spirit. Put your hand on your heart and say, I'm going to keep the right spirit. Come on, you need to hear it one more time to yourself. Say, I'm going to keep the right spirit. Even when things are bad. Because look, Paul has just had things go downhill. He's really being falsely accused. He didn't do anything wrong. He just did what was right. He's getting persecuted for it. And now here he is. He could be doing anything he wants, but he starts praying and praising. I mean, can you imagine? The prisoners have probably never heard anything like that. Surely love and mercy, peace and kindness will follow me, will follow me. 
surely. I worship you, Lord. I praise you. God, you're good. You're holy. You're worthy. And someone's down the, the way in a cell going, is that guy crazy? What is he doing? He's in jail. Does he not realize he's in jail? And, and it says, as they were praising, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the, and the de- that God was saying to the devil, he said, you're going to send, you sent the spirit after the wrong guy. You sent that evil spirit around the wrong person. That's my boy right there. I'm going to take care of him. It says, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's, whose chains came loose? Everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he, he almost killed himself. He drew his sword, was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Look at what's happened. The devil came after Paul. He sent the right words, but the wrong spirit. Paul had the discernment to recognize it, to take authority over it, to cast it out. And now someone is trembling at Paul's feet saying, what do I have to do to be saved? When you use discernment in your life, it opens up opportunities for others to know Jesus. When you get the wrong spirit out, it makes room for God's spirit to move in. You say, but how can I take authority over the devil? How can I take authority over bad spirits? Because you have the name of Jesus, the most powerful thing in the world at your disposal. He has given you the right to use his name. Somebody look at the person next to you and say, you have the power. Come on, tell them you have the authority to use Jesus' name. Listen, does anyone here know what a power of attorney is? A power of attorney is literally the ability for you to go to a lawyer or to some person and to sign a document and say, now you can sign my name. And anytime you sign my name legally, you are me. Legally, you have the right to sign anything and whatever you sign. When you sign Jeff Smith, that means Jeff Smith was there and he did that thing that you said I did. Do you know that that is what Jesus has given us? When we do business in the name of Jesus on the cross, he gave us the power of attorney to be able to use his name. Anything that we speak to, is anybody here today? Anything that we speak to must listen to the authority that comes from Jesus' name. That's why the Bible says, therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I'm going to jump on that front pew and do a flip in a second. I'm telling you, the power of God is in this room today. Come on, you look at someone next to you say, you got authority today. Tell them, come on, you got authority today. You don't let the devil push you around. You don't let the enemy intimidate you. You look right back at his face and you say, in the name of Jesus. That's what you say. You say, in the name of Jesus. If you are having a nightmare and you get up in the middle of the night, you just say, in the name of Jesus. That's what you say. Come on. Come on. You say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And that's what he does. He takes authority over that spirit takes authority over that wrong spirit. Right words, wrong spirit. I'm glad he had discernment. Because a lot, you know, when you think about it, this is Paul and Silas. They're men of God. They serve the most high to God. 
They're preaching you the way of salvation. If he was a moron, he would have gone, hey, who's this chick? She's kind of like a free hype man. Let's let her join the team, you know, because she's saying all the right things. There's nothing worse than being around someone that checks all the boxes and says all the right things, but they got a funky spirit. You need people in your life that have a funky spirit to go have a funky spirit somewhere else. Don't be afraid to draw the line and just say, hey, what's wrong with me? What makes you so good? I'm not better than you. I'm just not going to hang around negative people. If you say, how do I discern? How do you discern what a bad spirit is then, Pastor Jack? Well, are they negative? Because negative people find something to talk about no matter what they're doing. You could take a negative person to a five-star restaurant. It's the best food you ever had in your life. And they drive away. They say, did you see the, the waiter? It looked like he had some broccoli in his teeth. I wonder if he was eating on his break in the back. Oh, my gosh, that's gross. Really? You're going to find something negative to talk about after that experience? Are you kidding me? Really? But, but, but that's what happens with a, ba- a bad spirit. A negative spirit will find something negative in every situation. You need to get the wrong spirits out of your life before you can get the right ones in your life. How do you learn how to spot the wrong spirit? That's a, isn't that a good question? How do you learn? How, now, I'm going to give you some points, but I'm going to give you the best one right now. Did you know that when the FBI trains their agents to spot counterfeit bills, you would think to yourself that what the way they would train them was to put all of the counterfeits in front of them and to have them study each method of counterfeiting. But do you know what they actually do? They don't do that. They let them study what real currency is supposed to feel like. They let them study what real currency feels like in your hand, what it smells like, what it looks like, how it looks in different lights. You know what they found? The more you study the real thing. Oh, this white boy about to get crunk up here today. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't even have to finish it. You know it's good when you don't even have to finish it, right? The, the more you study the real thing, the easier, the easier it is to spot the fake. The easier it is to spot the counterfeit, the fake. The more we lean into Jesus, the more we learn to know what a good spirit is like, what the Holy Spirit is like. The more we're around God, the more we will find someone who checks all the boxes on the outside and we go, I know they look good. I know what they're saying is right, technically. But that's not Jesus. That does not look like Jesus. That does not feel like Jesus. That that does not touch like Jesus. That doesn't sound like Jesus. We're able to know in our heart. Look at someone next to you. Say, learn the real thing. Come on, say, learn the real thing. And you'll learn how to spot the fake. Can I get an amen from somebody here today? Amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise, y'all. So here's, here's the best part of the story. So he falls down trembling before him, and he says, what must I do to be saved? They say, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all others in his house. This is leading to a revival in this man's family. It says, at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his house were baptized. 
Because the devil messed with the wrong person and that person was able to discern the wrong spirit and say, in Jesus' name, get out. He went through all this persecution, which, and he's going, why, 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 why? I did everything right. I was going to church. I was trying to pray. I was trying to do the right thing. He kept the right spirit. He prayed. God caused a miracle. And now God is leading an entire family to the Lord that otherwise would have been lost. And it's a miracle. It says the jailer brought them into his house, set a meal before him. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. you got to get the wrong spirits out of your life in order to get the right ones in. And here is how you can discern a wrong spirit as well. 1 John 4, 2 and 3 says, This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. That is really important. I'd write that down if you need to study it a little more. And I think we do. Also, verse 3 says, Every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. So if you want to know, if you're around people that try to categorize Jesus as either a myth or a fairy tale or just simply a good teacher, uh, I mean, can I tell you something? Anyone that tries to call Jesus just a good teacher that doesn't believe he was actually the Lord is nuts. Jesus can't just be a good teacher. Why? Because... Interwoven in almost everything he said about goodness was his own deity. He taught you to believe that he was the way of salvation. He is either exactly who he says he is or he's the worst teacher that ever lived. Because he taught people that the way to salvation wasn't through good behavior, it was through him. All right, so, so that is what is important. If you're ever going to discern a good spirit in someone, it's not if they're just a good business person. It's not if they're just capable or smart. It ultimately comes down to whether or not, if they have a godly spirit, whether or not they acknowledge Jesus as, as Savior and Lord. Psalms 51, I love David's vulnerability after his failure. He says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. What I love about that is it shows that even we have the ability to have a wrong spirit. We can get in a wrong attitude, in a wrong uh, season of our life where our spirit goes from being okay, but through sin, through disobedience, through uh, an unwillingness to yield to the will of God, uh, we in, can end up having a tainted spirit, just a bad spirit, a wrong spirit. And he says, create in me a clean heart, O Lord, renew a right spirit within me. Then he goes on and says, cast me not away from thy presence. So number one, a wrong spirit does not recognize Jesus. Number two, a wrong spirit is not close to God. So if a person is not close to God, if they don't have a close relationship with God, they can't have a right spirit if they're not close to God. That's the only way we can have a right spirit is, like, is being around the Lord. Okay? Then he goes on and says, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. David is saying, please don't let your spirit be taken from me. That means, number three, that... A bad spirit is not holy. So if someone is not holy, they cannot have a right spirit if they're not holy. You go, well, what is holy? Define holy. Is that perfect? Okay, I'll define it. Holy means set apart. It literally means set apart, set to the side, and used for noble purposes. It doesn't mean that you always do everything perfectly and do everything right, but it means you recognize that God has loved you with an everlasting love and I set my life aside for you. Can I give you an analogy that may help you understand this better? My grandma, and maybe some of you had grandmas like this, my grandma had this particular cabinet that she called the hutch. Okay, And inside the hutch, you know what was in the hutch? China, dishes that were the good dishes, that were too good for anyone. 
And you say, what you mean anyone? I mean, I never used them in my whole life. I never saw anyone that used them. We didn't use them on Easter. We didn't use them on Thanksgiving. I don't know if she was waiting for the president or Jesus himself to walk in the doors of the house, but nobody was good enough to use these dishes. That's the good dishes. I'd go to open. She'd go, ah, 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 ah. I'd go to open that and she'd say, you go get the paper plates. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I love my grandma. Mama Smith is the best ever. But she wouldn't let nobody use them dishes. Why? They were set apart. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. Don't be living a paper plate life when God has called you to the fine dining area. Okay, God has set you apart. He has called you to live a life that is set apart. We need to stop living a sloppy Joe life when he called you to filet mignon. You know what I'm saying? That's what he's called you to. Now, I ain't eating no filet mignon on no paper plate. I'm going I'm to break out the, the good dishes for that stuff. All right, so he has called you to that set apart. What does it mean? It means you cannot have the right spirit if you're living that paper plate kind of life. You can't, and you say, well, what does that even mean? People that don't care anything about holiness, they don't have any rules, no regulations at all. And, and here's what I hate is they accuse everyone else of being religious, but they'll do anything and everything under the sun. They'll go, I'll do whatever I want. I'll hang out with them. I'll say whatever thing. I'll post anything I want. But Jesus loves me anyways. I, that is a real misuse of what grace is. Paul even addresses that directly. He says, so what does it mean? Does it mean that I will sin more so that grace may abound? And he says, God forbid. He's basically saying, you don't understand grace if you think that you're supposed to sin on purpose just to experience more of it. He's saying, once we understand what grace is, it causes us to want to respect God, not to abuse it. All right, so a bad spirit, it's not holy. Then he says, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. A bad spirit has no true joy. Really, if, you, if you're around people that are just constant, up and down all over the place, that are not letting Jesus be their joy, not letting Jesus truly be your joy. Live in joy. You say, well, what does that mean? You don't know what I'm going through. I know that I just read your story about two guys in jail that were praying and worshiping in jail. Our, when our joy is in the Lord, it's not connected to circumstances. Uh, a bad spirit also, it's a spirit of bondage. He says, uphold me, Lord, with thy free spirit. So a bad spirit is, a wrong spirit is it's, it's constantly in bondage. It's not ever free. It's unbroken and it's proud. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. So a wrong spirit is unbroken and it's proud. It doesn't want to learn. It doesn't want to be humbled. It doesn't want to be taught anything. You can tell a wrong spirit instantly. If you try to speak life or wisdom into it or someone else tries to speak and instantly defense walls go up and they oh well and then you start going down this road of i'm not good i'm not worthy no one likes me no no you're just too proud to listen you're too proud for anyone to speak anything encouraged that's that's just simply a bad spirit it's a wrong spirit and you need to get it out of your life and if it's you and it's in you you need to get it out of your life that's why david said created me a clean heart O lord renew a right spirit within me. Take authority over the wrong spirits that are affecting your life from the inside and the outside. You know what? I heard somebody say one time, new levels, new devils. That means you're going to go to a new level. You're going to experience new issues and new problems. So I like that. But can I add a little rhyme to that rhyme that I heard? New levels, new devils. New trickery, new victory. New trickery, new victory. Oh, oh yeah. I got some rhymes, exactly. 
hey, whatever the devil tries to pull on the next level that we're going to, we're going to get victory over it in Jesus' name, are we? Amen. So in closing, you take authority over the enemy in your life. And you remember 2 Timothy 1.7. The Lord has not given us a spirit of fear. I said the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Mark 16, 17, 18. For those that need some authority in your life, listen to what Jesus said are the signs that follow believers. It says these signs will follow them that believe. If you believe, this is what should be following you. In my name, they will cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So you take authority over the wrong spirits in your life and you step out in faith. And I believe you're going to see a great victory in your life. Can we give the Lord a praise today? Amen. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.